Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Some of y'all need to come to 930 to help them get jump started. Okay, I'm just saying. All right, stand up, hold your Bibles. Those who watch you online, stand right there in that bedroom, den, kitchen, wherever. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, 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 in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. And that will be probably, for some of you, maybe the most powerful confession all week. You know, when you say, I am what the Bible says I am, that means I'm the apple of God's eye. It doesn't matter who else says anything. I did a a post this week, and if you're not following me, you should. Something good might happen. Okay. (laughs) That You know what? If you don't know who you are, the opinions of others will shape who you're not. And so you have to know who you are in Christ, that you are the righteousness of God in Christ, that you are not an accident. You were divinely born for such a time as this, and that God has a great plan for your life that far exceeds your ability to even think, ask, or imagine. And so we have to get our minds right, and uh, we have to talk about the right things in order to experience the right things been doing this series this month, The Weapon of Mass Destruction, talking about the tongue. Uh, it can destroy your life or it can create a great life for you. And it's so absolutely important that you get the right things in your heart so that they come out of your mouth. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so Often, when you say something, you say, well, I was just kidding, and I'm all about kidding. As a matter of fact, to the point where I have to watch myself. And, uh, but I do love to laugh and have fun. But the reality is that what we say is very important to the future that we have or don't have. And that if you won't quit on God, uh, good things can happen. God will never quit on you, but God needs our cooperation, and our cooperation begins with our declaration. And so it's important that you say things that build up and don't tear down. And I'm talking about building your life up. Today's Palm Sunday. It's the week before Easter, and uh, it was a real pivotal time uh, in the lives of the disciples as they had spent several years with Jesus, a couple years, and this is a time that Jesus had declared what was going to happen to him and he had declared it in preparation for them and his declaration was as most of us know that he would be crucified on the cross and that he would become the lamb of God and so it would be the Passover symbolic of the Old Testament Passover where the lamb was sacrificed and the blood of the lamb was put on the doorpost of the Israelites, of the Jews, so that the death would pass over. Well, Jesus now would become the lamb of God. Once and for all, no more sacrifices. He would become the final sacrifice. And there were those that heard uh, that he was going to die. Even his disciples heard he was going to die. And 
Peter was so disturbed by those words that he confronted Jesus. Now, stop just one moment and hear what I'm about to say. Jesus always also said not only would he die, but on the third day he would be raised from the dead. Many people stop when they hear something negative and never hear the something positive. Peter heard that he was going to die. What Peter missed was that he'd be raised from the dead. Or did he? Or did he just not believe? So sometimes we hear something and it lands on us. And Peter confronts him and says, I'm not going to, basically, I'm not going to let you do this. And Jesus looks back at Peter and says, get thee behind me, Satan. In other words, I know what's going to happen. It's all been planned out. I've got it figured out. God has it figured out. Don't worry. And the Bible tells us not to worry about tomorrow because a day, today has enough trouble of its own. The challenge is that we begin to think on things and our minds go crazy. And as a matter of fact, that's why 2 Corinthians 10, 4 says, Take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Don't have a conversation with that thought. We begin conversing inside ourselves and telling ourselves things that are happening around us, but they don't need to happen in us. Now, look at what happens here in John chapter 12, verse 10. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well, for on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and putting their faith in him. So they wanted to kill Jesus, and they're going to kill Lazarus too, because Lazarus was a living testimony of the power of God. And so the next day, the great crowd that had come for the feast, heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. How many of you know that what we hear gets in us and often gives direction to where we go? And that includes the words that you speak. What you hear yourself say, you will eventually end up following those words. Nothing good ever happens to us. My family's cursed. We're not blessed. And you begin to believe the words of your mouth. You have to be careful what you say. And so the crowds had heard about Lazarus. Now I'm going to tell you something. If I heard somebody raise somebody from the dead, I'm probably going to go check it out. You know what? Many of you in here have been raised from the dead. If you're born again, you've been raised from the dead. We were dead in our sins, we were dead in our trespasses, and something happened and our lives have been changed. And so when people hear that, it changes how they think. I grew up in a very small community outside of Tulsa, name of Berry Hill, some of you have heard of it, and uh, I was a hell raiser. Now that may bother some of you that I used that hell raiser, or I raised hell, however you want to look at it. I don't know which is better, for more palatable for the religious ear. But literally, when I got born again, people began to talk. Because they knew who I was. Because a small community, I was you know, not even a big fish in a little pond, but I was a bigger fish in a lot, just because I had this wild driving reputation. Well, then when I moved here and started church here, there was a person that grew up on the same street as me that literally walked in the church doors when we were really small and said, you know, I, I see this Mark Crow. Is, where's he from? He said, Barry Hill. She grew up down the street from me. Knew who I was, ended up coming to the church and staying at the church forever. 
just because she had heard I was dead in my sins and something had changed. Easter's upon us. Your life counts. Your voice counts. And you may be the Lazarus to somebody. And Lazarus, all Lazarus had to do was show up. I, I, I'm sure Lazarus got to start his own ministry. Jesus really kind of, if you're raised from the dead, let me tell you something. you got a ministry. And so listen to this. It says, they took palm branches, went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that he had done these things to him. They had done these things to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead, continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had given this miraculous sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. The stories that we tell, the experiences that we have, all exist for the purpose of bringing glory to God. Not every day is pristine. Not every season of life is great. We all face difficulties. We all have difficult moments in life. We all have times where we think, God, why have you forsaken me? We've all experienced those. And I talk to people all the time that feel kind of bad about questioning you know, their faith in God. It's not uncommon. And God is not moved by your doubt in that moment. He understands your pain. However, God doesn't expect us to stay there. God doesn't want us to live a life of despair and fear and worry and doubt. God wants us to be a people walking in faith. And let me tell you something. The troubles and the tests that you encounter are there for a reason. They're not temptation. God's not trying to get us to fail. God is trying to get us to get stronger. God wants our faith to be built. God wants us to speak to ourselves and to speak to one another and be encouragers to one another in troubled times. Turn your Bibles to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. Come on, man. Who gets excited? I, I, it's the best day of my life. I'm going through hell right now. It's awesome. People would think you're on crack. This is an incredible day. But he says, consider it pure joy. That means uncontaminated. Uncont Let it be joy in your life. You can't imagine. Why are you so happy? Because I know that out of this crisis, I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to get bigger. I'm going to get better. God's doing something to me. I don't know what it is yet, but there is a reason for this test. And as a result of this test, I'm going to become my best. All you're doing is getting the opportunity to prove that God is God. And that greater is God in you and in this world than any crisis or difficulty that we will ever face. What we do with the test, what we do with the crisis, what we do with the difficulty will be determined determine the outcome of our lives. Literally. So don't talk about your worries and your troubles. Talk about God. 
And how he overcame them in the Son, his only begotten Son. And it goes on to say that because you know that the testing of your faith, not the testing of your person, it's the testing of your faith. And there's a difference. God is testing the faith that you possess. Now, we know that if you just have the faith as, as, as large as the grain of mustard seed, you can speak to your mountain. All you got to do is have a little faith. Think about if you had like a bag of seed faith. Not like not one mustard seed, but you're, a, you're just a bag of mustard seed. Man, you, you, you're not speaking to mountains. You're speaking to mountain ranges. Because you got faith. And when your faith is tested, you make a declaration. This is not going to be the end of my life. My life is going to look different than it looks right now. I make that declaration. God is good all the time. But I'm telling you something. You haven't seen anything yet. You need to come to Mosaic just because you're curious. Because I'm going to tell you something. You haven't seen anything. I'm already looking for other buildings. Now, I love this building. No, no. This is great. But we're going to outgrow it. We're going to outgrow it. Now, And I'm very thankful. I don't know when we're leaving, but I know this. I'm I'm looking. And I'm believing, because I'm going to tell you something. We haven't seen anything in Oklahoma City like we're going to see in Oklahoma City. God's going to rise up. We're going to, it's going to be the talk of the nations. Look at what God can do. I'm telling you, we talk about the great things of God. I want to see the great things of God. I want to be a part of the great things of God. I'm going to be a part of the great things of God. We're going to see the broken come and be a part of this beautiful mosaic that God is creating this picture in Oklahoma City that the nations will look and go, look, those people are a bunch of idiots that God put together to make something beautiful. <laughs> means they're not idiots anymore. But that's what the world will call us. You know, we're just all broken. Just a lot of people don't want to admit it. Brings more glory to God to say, I was broken, I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I was in darkness, but now I walk in the light. I was messed up from the neck up, but got a checkup instead of. <laughs> Consider it pure joy. There's nothing like watching somebody go through a test with a smile. I never liked tests in school. And even when I smiled, I didn't do that good sometimes. I'd rather fail happy than fail miserable. <laughs> Moving right along. Knowing that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. When you pray, when you ask, believe. Even if you don't see it yet, believe. So often we only speak what we see. Wouldn't it be cool if you could get this in your head that you're going to see what you speak? I'm going to see what I speak. You know, it, sometimes things don't look the way we want them to look and people quit. Well, we're not doing any good. Nothing good's happening. Nobody wants me. Nobody accepts me. 
I'm going to jump ahead and read you. Remember the Wesley brothers, John Wesley, Charles Wesley, some of the most famous preachers ever to live? As a result, we have the Methodist Church, Wesleyan Church. These were guys who, whose mother would, she had so many kids that she, and they were poor, and she'd sit in a rocking chair, and she taught her kids this. She said, when mama has her apron up over her face, leave me alone. She didn't have a prayer closet. She didn't have any place to go to pray. So she put the apron over. They knew don't bother mama when she's praying. She showed them how to believe God, how to have faith in God. And they grew up believing God and wanted to declare God. And, and you know what? When, when most people would have quit, here's this, this is from John Wesley's diary. Okay? Now I want you to get this in you. This is from his diary. And it says this. Sunday morning, May 5th, priest at St. Anne's was asked not to come back anymore. There you go. But that same evening, May 5th, I preached at St. John's Deacons, uh, St. John's Church. Deacons said, get out and stay out. A week later, May 12th, priest at St. Jude's can't go back there either. Sunday p.m., May 12th, I preached at St. George's. I was kicked out again. This is his diary, authentic. Sunday a.m., May 19th, week later, priest at St. Somebody Else's. Deacons called special meetings, said I couldn't return. Sunday p.m., May 19th, preached on the street, kicked off the street. It's a bad May. Sunday, May 26th, week later, priest in a meadow, chased out of the meadow as a bull was turned loose during the services. <laughs> Sunday a.m., June 2nd, priest at the edge of town, kicked off the highway. Now, four weeks would be enough for most people just to roll it up and quit. Sunday, p.m., June 2nd, afternoon service, priest in a pasture. 10,000 people came to hear me. Testing of your faith produces perseverance and perseverance must happen in order for you to become mature and complete quit whining quit stopping quit blaming others quit complaining and and stand up and say you know what i'm preach somewhere i remember when i came to star victory i didn't have a building seven days before i got here i got a call i was on a golf course victoria country club getting ready to come to oklahoma city and they said, wait, we can't do it. Some guy's playing golf, so what are you going to do? I said, I'll go to a public park, and I'll preach on a bird bath because I'm a crow. <laughs> True story. You can call Doc Harden and ask him if I didn't say that. You know why? Because inside me, I knew nothing. And nobody but Mark Crow could stop God from doing in Mark Crow what he wanted. Nobody can stop you except you. If God has commissioned you and God has called you, you need to declare, greater is he who's in me. Nothing is impossible with God. My footsteps are ordered by him. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Quit blaming everybody else for what you're not. And start blessing God for who you are. I know every Sunday you think he just doesn't have any problems. I just decided that my problems can't compare with my Savior. I've just decided. 
that God is bigger. And that we make declarations every day. And we paint the picture every day of how we want our future to evolve and to develop. Now, I want to talk to you today a little bit about, about sovereignty. About sovereignty. Sovereignty simply means supreme power or authority. When you and I speak God's word, we are coming into agreement with his sovereignty, with his supreme power and his authority. God has no power over your life except the power that you give him. Stop. Listen to me. That doesn't jive with religious people. Why? Because God is a gentleman. And he will not exercise authority over your life and in your life without your permission. You say, well, why do bad things happen? That's the consequence, again, of your choice. To all of us. It's Adam and Eve, they started the whole mess. I'm going to have a chat with them when I get to heaven. No, the reality is that we have to address our situation. God says, I love you. I've given you a free will. And if you don't want supreme power and you don't want supreme authority, it's your choice. But when we surrender to him, he's able to do more than we can think or imagine according to that very power that works in us and through us. So if you wonder why you live a powerless life, you have to ask yourself the question, have I come into agreement with God? Have I agreed with his sovereignty? I'm telling you right now, in the church, if we would stop worrying and stop complaining and stop whining about the things in Scripture we disagree with and we don't do anyway, but we excuse ourselves. I'm telling you, there would be multiple multimillionaires if the church would get a revelation of agreeing with God, given it shall be given, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. But God, most of the time, there are several places God is not sovereign in people's lives. Number one, forgiving. Let's face it, all of us, right now, if, if I said, think of one name, and you could think of that name that, that hurt you, offended you, messed with you, and they still are resident in your soul. They're living there for free. It'd be like you owning a home and them not paying rent. You're just letting them live there, and you hate every minute of it. But they're living there. The Bible says, forgive and you'll be forgiven. That's tough. People have hurt my feelings. People have done said things about me. People have lied about me. Well, you know what? I look at it and say, they must be really bored people to be talking about me so much. They have no life. If somebody's talking about you, they have no life. Because none of us are that important, but Jesus is. Forgiving, giving. Every Sunday we receive an offering, and every Sunday some of you let the bucket pass, and you just say, you know, or you don't ever give. And you wonder why you're not blessed, because you have not given God sovereignty of your finances. He is not supreme power and authority over your money. Get mad at me. Go right ahead. I'm feeling strong right now. It just is what it is. You have no peace. Why? Because you're always trying to fix everything and fix your problem, fix other people. And you have no peace because you're in charge. You have not surrendered it to God. He does not have supreme authority and power over your life. 
You're trying to fix somebody. You're trying to fix everybody. You're trying to fix situations. You're trying to make everything right. I just tell people, let go and let God shut up. You're better off to shut up than to speak up if your speak up is wrong. Because then it's like throw up. It is. This is serious stuff. We talk about positive confession. It's serious stuff. Why? I want to agree with God. When I agree with God, great things happen. When I try to get God to agree with me, not so much. God's already figured this out. All I've got to do is say what he says. Believe what he said to believe. Paul said, we believe, therefore we speak. What do you believe? Do you believe? Are you doubtful? Are you like tossed to and fro like the waves of the sea? Are you, are you adamant? You know, next week's Easter, I've already got my, I had my sermon right up here on the front row. I thought, you know what? Jesus didn't look at the disciples and go, okay, guys, I am who I say I am. I know that. Son of God. I was told I was given birth without anything happening prior to. I... Um, told to come and preach incredible things have happened in my ministry i man lepers touch me they get healed guys can you believe this this is really cool then i had a friend who died i went to his tomb he was stinking by then and i said hey roll the thing away and he you know, he comes out and he's alive and it's really cool but you know i i'm supposed to i'm supposed to die and for the sins of all you people. And I was told that on the third day, I'd rise again. I can just, just think for a moment. We read the Bible sometimes to surface. Now, we know we're happy because we know Jesus rose from the dead. But Jesus was tempted in every way just like us and yet without sin. Think, don't you think in that moment Jesus is going, wow, third day. I sure hope it happens. But even if I do wake up there's going to be a stone and how am I going to get out I mean how do you beat on a stone hey I'm alive hey hey let me out he doesn't know there are going to be soldiers out there guarding the tomb because we think it was easy for Jesus you know he just came to earth and he's all deified and glorified and all that stuff and Jesus walking around like I got this no big deal Jesus showed us the way if you'll obey God you'll have a third day too so many times we can't imagine what that day would be like. First day I'm dead. They crucified me, the pain of it all. Second day I find myself in the earth. I'm still dead. Actually, I went to hell just to mess up hell a little bit and play with the devil. I mean, not like play with him, you know, like have fun, not around to golf. Mess with the devil. He led a train of those who are captive. So Jesus was declaring all of this. He didn't say, you know, guys, hey, uh, I'm going to die and I... Man, I, I really hope I raise, raise from the dead on the third day, maybe. On the third day, he will rise again. It's time for you to start speaking to your dead situations. This is a reflection of God's sovereignty. Is God really sovereign in your life, in my life? Our speech reflects his sovereignty or lack of. Do I really believe the one who created the galaxies, who raised the dead, who healed the sick, is the same today as he was yesterday? Because if I do, why would I doubt? Why would I question? We've all been broke. 
we've all had down times. We've all had seasons. We've all had situations in our lives that seem hopeless. And this is when we have to get up every day. And you got to start talking. You may be the nicest little person. It's time for you to get a little holy meanness. <laughs> Devil! First off, if one of you little sweet type C personalities say that, you'll shake hell. Devil! I'm done being nice. I've been polite and I've been sweet. But I'm fixing to come to hell, rip your head off and spit down your throat. I know some of you have never heard this kind of message in your life. <laughs> You've just been a good little church attender. But man, it's time to bring one up and let him know. I will not live this way any longer. I am going to bring glory to God. Your joy, your peace, your confidence, your smile, all of it says God has everything under control. My life may be a mess in the moment. It may look like a mess, but I know I'm not going to end my life a mess. I'm going to bring glory to God. I'm coming out, and I'm going to rise up. Oh, listen, man, it is so good to be preaching again because I preach now from the platform of experience. I have not had a pristine life, but I serve a pristine God. And his sovereignty releases comfort in you. Whenever you accept the sovereignty of God and you declare his word, comfort comes to you. Matter of fact, the Holy Spirit's called the comforter. And whenever you allow his sovereignty, his supreme power and authority to reign and rule in your life, there will be comfort in your life. You'll find yourself saying things and doing things that you would have never done before because you trust him. When you were a child, you didn't know that your mother couldn't drive. <laughs> or your dad. You didn't know that. You just got in the car. You trusted them. You had no idea how bad they were. You just got in the car. You just knew you were going somewhere. Do You never thought about it. You never, you never, not for a minute. You have no idea how many times God saved your life. No idea. You just trusted. You had childlike faith. Every time your mom cooked, you just pulled up to the table. You didn't even pray over it. You didn't even care. My mother, bless her soul, she's such a sweet lady. She was not a good cook. I look back. Our pork chops were dry. It was like eating beef jerky. But she loved me. I didn't know. It, you know, I guess it, it, I survived. She's got dementia. I hope God doesn't tell her when she gets her right mind in heaven that I said she couldn't cook. <laughs> but whenever you trust Jesus, you'll do things that you wouldn't normally be able to do. When Peter saw this person, this thing walking on the water, they didn't know what it was. They all freaked out. And they knew Jesus' voice. Matter of fact, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. The voice of a stranger they're not hearken to. When they cried out in that boat, seeing this thing walking on top of the water, Jesus says, me. Peter said, if it's you, bid me to come forth. And, and Jesus said, come on. It was in that moment that the sovereignty of Christ hit the person 
of the apostle Peter and he got out of the boat and he began to walk on the water. Why? Because in that moment, God was sovereign like never before in his life. And he was comforted by the voice. And it wasn't until he forgot this is supreme authority and supreme power that he began to sink. We only begin to sink when we lose sight of who he is. When we quit listening to his voice and we start listening to the voices of others and, 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 and we, we forget. And they begin to give shape to our lives. And it's not that if you fail the test that, that you fail God. That's not it at all. When we fail the test, we fail ourselves. We're not failing God. So I don't want to let God down. i got good news for you. You're not holding God up. This is not about God. This is about God in us. And making the declaration that God, I believe. Whenever you confess the word of God, you're declaring, I believe in God. My prayer list goes something like this. It has nobody on it but God, but Jesus. He is Jehovah Tzidkenu, my righteousness. And the Bible says the footsteps of a righteous man are ordered by God. And I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Therefore, my footsteps are ordered by him. He is Jehovah Makedesh in my life. I'm set apart. The Bible says, God, you set apart the godly for yourself. You set apart Mark Crow for yourself. And that you who began this work in me will bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You are Jehovah Nisi, God. You're my banner. You're my standard. Everything I believe, everything I look to, I look to you. I know nothing's impossible with you. You're Jehovah Shalom. You're my peace. And you keep in perfect peace those whose minds are stayed on you. So today, God, my mind stays on you. And Lord, you'll keep me in peace. A peace that passes my ability to understand because you're Jehovah Shalom. God, today I thank you that you're Jehovah Jireh in my life. I know I've got needs and I, I, I got to spend some money. I got to do this. But God, you said you meet every need I have according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That if I would just give, it'd be given back to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. If I bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, you'd open the windows of heaven. And you'd pour out such a blessing, I wouldn't have room enough to obtain it all, God. These are your promises. I declare your sovereignty in my finances. I declare your sovereignty in my peace. I declare your sovereignty in my direction in life. My footsteps are ordered by you. God, I declare your Jehovah Rapha in my life. You are my health and my healer. Let me tell you something. I plan on being able to strap a, a boat string to my mouth in my, when I'm 80 and pull a boat in my mouth. You say, Mark, come on. No, let me tell you, I'm going to be strong until I finish. The devil's going to be sorry he ever showed up on this earth. He's going to be sorry he ever messed with children of the king. I'm going to mess with his head. On my worst day, he's going to think I'm at my best. Why? Because the sovereignty of God works in my life. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. So get out of my way. Some of y'all got to start talking back to the devil. He's been talking to you every morning when you wake up. You're nothing. You'll never amount to anything. You'll never get a raise. Well, your family sucks. Well, you, I can't even. You're on the wrong side of the tracks. Well, we'll move the stinking tracks then, devil, because I'm going to be on the right side because I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Whoever the Son sets free is free indeed. I'm free indeed. God, I thank you today. You're Jehovah Rohi, my shepherd. I thank you, God. I am led by you. I hear your voice and the voice of a stranger I'll not hearken to. I just get up and I start declaring, increasing my capacity. You see, when he's sovereign, not only will he comfort you, but your capacity will be increased. You'll grow in God, and God will grow in you. And as God grows in you, you will continue to flourish. You'll flourish. It's 
not your, this is not, nobody in here is better than anybody else. I don't care what your name is, where you grew up. I don't care what your IQ is. None of that. What I care about is this. You understand and you're a child of God. And God, in my life, nothing is impossible. You've got to say this. You've got to quit talking about your problems and start talking about his power. He's sovereign. He has supreme authority. He has supreme power as much as we let him. Now, outside of that, yes, over all the galaxies, the universe, he is sovereign. But is he sovereign in your life? Does he have sovereignty? Do you forgive? Do you give? Do you love your neighbor as you love yourself? What are you saying? What are you saying to others? What are you saying about others? The joy that we possess or don't possess is a result of the decisions that we make and the words that we speak. I'm telling you, when I talk about, I think about this, but I get up and I say, God, as we were worshiping today, I looked around this building and I thought, it's pretty full. And I said, you know what, devil? I command you. See, I don't ask the devil for squat. I don't ask for permission of the devil. Because the Bible says he's under my feet. And we don't talk about this much anymore because it sounds real hyper-spiritual. Hollywood has done a better job presenting something than the church has. Even though most of it's a mess, I'm just going to tell you something. They understand there is a spiritual world. There is a spiritual battle going on. And we act like we're just going to come and sing Kumbaya and go home and get a little feel-good. No, I want to get full of God. I want the sovereignty of God, the capacity to increase. And I look and I say, devil, I command you. You give up the harvest of God. I point every direction on the compass. I command you to release the people ordained to be at Mosaic. I command you to let them go right now in the name of Jesus. I say, come forth from the north, south, east, and west. Everybody ordained to be here. Some of y'all watching right now, you've been wanting to come. You'll be here next weekend. You'll be here next weekend. You'll be here next weekend. Why? You've been waiting. You've been held back. The devil doesn't want you in this kind of company. He doesn't want you in the presence of God. In the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. In the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. Get in the presence of God. Man, when I got born again, I'd be at the church an hour before anybody got there waiting on the doors to open. I was so desperate to be in the presence of God. I had been so lost. I had been so messed up that I, every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday, whenever the church doors were open, I was there before they opened. I knew I had to get more of God. I knew I had to increase my capacity. I knew God had more for me, but I had to prepare for the more that he had for me. I'm still preparing for the more that he has for me. God hasn't done nearly what he's going to do for Mark Crow yet. I ain't complaining, but I'm just reminding him. I'm going from glory to glory. I'm going from glory to glory. Great things lie ahead. They lie ahead for you. They lie ahead for us. God wants to increase our capacity to be able to handle those things. And yet we quit. We give up. I've tried. I hear people say, I tried going to church. I tried doing this. Stop trying and start doing. Let God be God. Let God be God. So far off, we have to cooperate. Man, that's good stuff right there. (laughs) It's all so good. 
A good test of God's dominion or sovereignty is the amount of danger you feel when you meet up with a new idea. That lets you know how sovereign he is when a new idea comes your way and fear apprehends the, apprehends the idea and you're afraid to try it. Look, all you can do is fall down. All you can do is fail. I thought for sure God was just bringing me back to Oklahoma City to tease me. And I thought, oh, it's all right. I really did. I thought, I'm just going to come back to Oklahoma City, apologize to everybody, and I'm out. I'm going to the beach. <laughs> you have to agree, that's a pretty good backup plan. <laughs> I mean, a bad day on the beach beats a great day in the office. <laughs> Instead of crying out for deliverance, cry out for strength. Declare the strength of God. Joy is that deep, settled confidence that God is in control in every area of life. God's rule in our lives begins to grow when you can sense your concern for others outweighing your concern for yourself. Which brings me to this closing point. Brian, why don't you get some of these ushers? and We're going to pass these out. And There's still too many of these. Easter's next weekend. Some of you have not given any of these out or even taken any home. And uh, someone asked the ushers, just pass these down the road. Take some. Take them to work. Take them. So I took them to my gym. I asked my gym, put them on the counter. They said they would. I don't know if they did because they're all gone. So maybe people will come. Hope they didn't throw them away. But here's the reality. Is your concern for others greater than your concern for yourself? Do you care if people die and go to hell? Do you care if people suffer? You know, we're so busy trying to figure our own life out and our own concerns that we've, we've lost sight of other people. Next Sunday, this building ought to be filled three times to overflow. It's Easter Sunday. You realize the one Sunday of the year, more than any other Sunday of the year, it's when people come to church. Folks, you've got a wide open opportunity to help those people. You know what? Most people are just waiting on an invitation, and no, most people don't get one. They don't get an invitation. So they think, well, we just won't go, or we'll go pick some random church. Let me tell you something. Not every random church is bringing glory to God. Any church that does not preach the power of God has left people's thoughts to their own, their own human doing. And it's, subjected, it's just subjective. But man, a church that preaches the power of God that God's a healer, God's a forgiver, God's a redeemer, God's a restorer. Those are the churches that people need to be in. You don't need to go to a church to say, I've gone to a church. You need to go to a church that the, that the church gets in you, that God gets in you. Let him be sovereign in your life today. Next week, I'm going to be talking about it's day three for me. On the third day, it's time for your third day. It's time for you to come up out of darkness. It's time for you to come up out of despair. It's time for you to get free of the death caused by sin in your life and the things that you've done and said. It's time. It's your third day. What's that look like for you? Some of you feel like it's day one. You're being crucified. You're being criticized. You're being cursed. You're being mocked. You're hanging publicly, if you will, on a metaphorical tree out there. And people are laughing at you. You got fired. You were this. You did that. Let me tell you, it makes day three even better. All you got to do is trust him. 
God, I surrender myself to the mocking. I surrender myself to the criticism. I submit myself to the lies. And I surrender myself because I know that this is not the end. There's a third day coming. And if you'll just trust him, he'll raise you up just like he raised his son up. And you'll see his glory. You'll sense and feel his power. And you'll walk in a liberty. Because rather than considering everyone else's opinion, you have determined his is the only opinion that really matters. It's time for you to walk in power and authority and let him be sovereign in your life. Open your heart to him and say yes. It wasn't until I said, God, I, I repent of my sin, that his supreme authority began to work in my life. I want us to bow our heads and close our eyes. No one moving around, please. Those of you watching online, it's very important pause here. You've never prayed the prayer. You've never surrendered to God. You've never given Him authority in your life. You wonder why your life's messed up? I wondered why mine was. I Nobody ever taught me what I taught you today about supreme authority and power working only in surrendered hearts. God gave you a free will. He will never invade that free will. He'll never make you do something you don't want to do. That's how much He loves us. But the minute you say yes to Him, and you surrender to Him, and you repent of your sin, then all of heaven is released into your life. With heads bowed and eyes closed, those of you that say, please pray for me. I've not done that. I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with me in just a moment. But if you'd say, look, man, i got to be free. I feel like I'm up against a ceiling. Today is time for you to break that ceiling. Press through. 77, I lifted my hand in a church and said, God, I can't do this anymore. I've been trying in my own power, my own strength. It's not working. I need your power and I need your strength. If that's you, I want to ask you to slip your hand up right now and put it right back down. Thank you. Thank you. Are there others? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Several of you, thank you. God bless you. Proud of you. Those of you watching online, this is your moment as well. It's time for you. Maybe you're in your bedroom, in your kitchen, in your den, in the hospital, in an apartment, in an airport. Just slip your hand up right now. Put it right back down. Just You're going to feel good. You're going to say, man, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it's the power of God unto salvation to all who believe. It's time for you to not be embarrassed, not be ashamed. Okay, now I want everyone to pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, I'm so grateful that you sent your son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, today... I repent of my sin, and I confess with my mouth, you are the Lord of my life. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. Today I declare, I am saved. Amen. Amen. Come on, church, give him a hand. God is a redeemer.